You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Where do the Cowboys go from here as they prepare for the NFL Draft? Just a few weeks away. We're in the same month, Tom, as the NFL Draft, and the Cowboys are looking forward to that. Of course, this is riled up on the Cowboys with my man Tom Ryle and your boy Roy White. You can follow him at Tom Ryle BTB on Twitter, and you can follow me at RW3. And of course, you can get all the great content here at Blogging the Boys by going to bloggingtheboys.com and following them at Blogging the Boys, uh, at Blogging the Boys on Twitter. And of course, we'll keep you updated on all the latest news involving the Cowboys. As right now, it's pretty slow, Tom. All we've got for the most part is draft meetings. And in these meetings, unfortunately, the Cowboys don't necessarily get to put players through a workout, but they do get to have a one-on-one sit down with guys and get a feel for the type of person or the type of player they might be, get an introduction to their coaching staff. And traditionally, the Cowboys have used these meetings to forecast the players that they may be taking. So for those of you that are interested in the specific guys that are mentioned, we've got a tracker there on bloggingtheboys.com. Every player that's coming to the star will be listed and accounted for there on that tracker. And then, of course, we'll keep you updated for all the Dallas Day entries as well. And one thing to note when you're looking at that, if you go to the tracker, is don't focus so much on the names. Take a good look at what positions and where they stack up. Uh, RJ Ochoa has put the... uh, the ranking on the CBS big board next to each name that that gives you an idea kind of where they're looking to take what positions, you know? So if you see uh, a whole bunch of guys that are in the middle of the draft at a certain position, you know that they're looking at late day two or early day three to get them. So that's the kind of information you could pull from that kind of stuff. Well, we'll have you covered, uh, full coverage at bloggingtheboys.com, so make sure you check out all that content. Tom and I are not the draft guys, though, right? So we will not pretend to play that role. Instead, we like to opine on general questions regarding the Cowboys, what they may or may not do with the names that are here, what this means for the overall complexion of the 2023 NFL season. And we, from time to time, like to do a little bit we call Cover 5 in which we just engage in five random topics regarding the Cowboys. We cover them all, and we give our thoughts. So with that, Tom, I'll let you take it from here with the uh, questions that we've compiled, the five items of concern that we still feel like uh, can potentially be addressed. Yeah. The first one to me isn't an area of concern by any means. It's just, is this something that's going to And that's the question of, has the front office really changed? 
I think you and I both agree they definitely changed this year. Um, they had not one, but two splash outside acquisitions in Brandon Cooks and Stefan Gilmore. Um, that's more than they've had from outside in a long time, particularly of the caliber of player or the possible impact these guys are expected to have. And that's so refreshing. No doubt about it. That part of it is definitely a departure from what we've seen. Although I think it maybe is something that the Cowboys have developed here in recent years as Mm -hmm. it is an avenue they have approached. Looking back on pre-draft trades for the Dallas Cowboys, since 2009, they have only had four of them. Two of them came this offseason. And the other two came in 2018 and 2019 in the form of a fifth rounder for Jameis Olawali and a sixth rounder from the Oakland Raiders in 2018 and a sixth rounder to the Miami Dolphins for Robert Quinn in 2019. Both of those occurred in the new calendar year of those years, but before the NFL draft took place. And so I think the Cowboys definitely have figured out a way to make use of their extra draft capital. They're putting a premium, as we've noticed in recent years, on what their moves in free agency have in terms of an effect on the compensatory pick calculations. And I think they figured out how to leverage that to the best of their ability and in a way that not everybody in the NFL is doing, giving them a significant market advantage. So... From that perspective, yes, change is here. And, and I I think it also reflects a better way of looking at what a draft pick is. A draft pick isn't just a way to go get a college player. A draft pick is something that can be used to acquire talent in other ways. And trade is the obvious way that we're talking about here. And this is good. Uh, I feel like they have in the past kind of clung to draft picks a little bit too much. And if you're talking about those day three picks, well, heck, why not send them out for a player? Uh, if, if you've got someone identified that you can afford to bring in under the cap, go get them. And that was really uh, kind of, a, a to me, a bold step, an aggressive step. I think they're trying to uh, use a uh, market inefficiency market inefficiency out there uh, that they can capitalize on while other teams are not doing it so much. Uh, it's a good time to do it. You know, teams are kind of thinking, oh, maybe we need another little draft pick or, hey, we need to clear a little cap space by moving this contract somewhere else. And this was, I think, just a, a, a really encouraging sign And I think we ought to also mention that they still did one of their favorite things, which is re-sign some of their own. They had a couple of, you know, key players in Leighton Vanderish, Donovan Wilson, that were seen as the big two, although they were not the only ones. They also signed some other players that I think are going to be useful to them going forward. 
And, uh, you know, they, they released Ezekiel Elliott. That was something that a few years ago, I think they might have clung on to him a little bit longer. But it's good to see them making that kind of cold-hearted, rational decision. You have to be that way if you're going to build a successful roster in the National Football League. Uh, and frankly, I, I think that they they might have done a, a, a nice little job with their few actual free agent signings. My kind of favorite right now is Chuma Adoga. I think he was a nice little hole plugger for the offensive line. And uh, he may not even make the roster, depending on how the draft falls. But he could well have a, a role to play, depending on what shakes out with the, the tackle situation and whether Tyler Smith is going to be a tackle or a guard to start the season. So it's just it just was a nice overall coherent strategy where it felt like they got out of their old comfort zone and did some new and entertaining things. And for me, this is where I say I've got a bit of a caveat, right? I, I agree that they made moves aggressively on the trade market, and that was unique and hasn't been done historically for the Cowboys. So I give them credit in that regard. But I don't think they really changed their approach in free agency. They kind of took the approach that they've taken and we expect them to take, and that is sign our own guys that we like and stay away from the high-priced free agents that everyone else might be clamoring for. I agree with you. I like the addition, giving some depth along the offensive line and freeing them up potentially uh, within the draft. And I do also give them a little bit of credit for the Zeke release. But we have to be honest with ourselves in saying that while they deserve credit because it's not something we expected them to do, it's also a no-brainer decision from a football perspective. So in reality, they shouldn't be getting credit so much for making that move as they should just be destroyed if they didn't make the move. And oh, by the <laughs> way, yes, they freed up all that money by releasing him, but then they put it right back into the position at $11 million, albeit for one year on a franchise tag. But I still say the jury is out on whether or not they've learned their lessons from overpaying positions that the rest of the league undervalues, number one. And number two, I don't think they have changed their approach from a free agency standpoint. Now, in fairness, this might be the best approach that allows mm -hmm. you to compete from year to year, the combination of the change they made and the change they haven't. But I yeah. also would say... I don't think they have overhauled their approach completely, more so a tweak specifically in regards to the compensatory picks and how they might utilize them. Yeah. And I, 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 I want to just kind of expand a little bit more on that, that one of the advantages of trading for someone is that you're trading for a known contract. You're just picking up their contract. And in the case of Brandon cooks, the Houston, Texas, ate some of it back. So it made it a really good deal for Dallas yes. with a, a, a high value free agent. There's a bidding war that can set in. You're uh, suddenly contending against other teams for the, the amount of cap you're going to invest in them. No doubt. Whereas, 
Yeah, I don't think it's necessarily the smartest approach to spend the most in free agency, right? Historically, we've seen the teams yeah. that win free agency don't necessarily win. So I'm not arguing that by staying away from that, the Cowboys probably are better off. I'm actually saying they are probably better off by staying yes. away from it. But I also think they haven't changed their approach in that regard. It's the same approach they've taken for many, many years in regards to how they treat free agency. But I also agree with you. The best way to do this is to trade for guys that are already known commodities because the beautiful thing about that strategy, when Stefan Gilmore leaves next offseason, if he still has anything left in the tank, you're likely getting another compensatory pick back if you're the Cowboys and potentially replenishing exactly what you lost when you gave it up to trade for Gilbert in the uh, in the first place, Gilmore in the first place. So that yeah. is extremely, extremely smart business. Yep. Uh, so I think the only thing that we need to find out now, and we won't know for a while, is whether they're going to continue doing this. I would love to see them take the, the approach they took this offseason and just carry it forward and see how they can make it work. So, on the next topic, uh, we came up with the question, is there a significant move the Cowboys could still make before the draft? And I have to just look at the numbers here. I don't think they've got a lot of room to make one. Right now, according to Over the Cap, they've got about $13 million in cap space. Now, they need to hang on to enough to make an emergency signing. And, you know, I hate to even say, but, you know, injuries happen. Sometimes I have to go out and pick up someone just because they don't have uh, enough depth on their squad to, to take some, someone's place. I, and they, they don't have many more options to create any more space. Maybe uh, there's one or two players they could release, but... You know, there's none of them I look at that you want to move on from because they still expect to get more out of them. They might have some savings if they work out a like a three turn three year deal with Tony Pollard and uh, reduce his cap hit this year to significantly below what it is. The problem with that is they've kind of set the floor at ten million per year with him. And uh, that's going to be a little bit of an issue. So I, right now, I think their hands are a little bit tied. And I, I'm not upset about that thought because, first off, I think their roster is in very good shape for this point of the offseason uh, as far as they have an identifiable starter just about everywhere. Um, and... They, they really don't need to go out and, and get anyone. So I think they're good. And I don't think we need to be too greedy. I just am very happy with where they've gotten to so far. The, the most pleasing thing is they did it so early. Uh, there's still teams out there that are trying to figure out if they want to offer somebody some money to come in and, and things like that. And the Cowboys pretty much can just sit Maybe something will kind of fall into their laps. They want to snatch someone up if it's a really good deal. But I think they're going to hold on to most of their cap space 
and uh, roll in with the players they've got now. I had the draft picks and the UDFAs. Maybe sign someone because a lot of people forget that if you sign someone, it just pushes someone else down in the offseason because the cap space only counts your top 51 contracts. Mm-hmm. So if you, if the, your, your, I don't know what the 51st contract is right now, but it's somewhere I, I think $700,000, $800,000 or something is the cap hit without clicking over to over the cap and you sign somebody for a million, it's just costing you a couple hundred thousand more on the cap space. So those are almost costless moves. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. I would agree with you. I, I mean, I don't think there's certainly any moves that they need to make. As you stated, not only do they have an identifiable starter at every position, but I think they have a respectable starter at every position. And that's probably the more important aspect. We don't look at any spot and say, hey, we can't go into the regular season with this guy starting at this position in week one. Right now, we can look at the Cowboys roster and assuming health, you can comfortably say that. With that being said, though, the Cowboys are involved even still this week in rumors, potentially, of guys that they could pursue. One, Cedric Wilson, the wide receiver who left just a few years ago to sign a big deal in Miami, uh, just a year ago, rather. The Dolphins are now rumored to potentially want out of his contract and willing to pay some money to do it. Would the Cowboys be willing to make a move like that? I think that's potentially still in the cards. It wouldn't disrupt the cap space, as you mentioned all that much, assuming that Miami is willing to pay some of that money. And it would bring a guy back to the fold that Dak Prescott at least had a very good rapport with and could fill a hole that, you know, if there is a hole on the offense, it might exist around the number four wide receiver position. And so uh, I don't think the Cowboys will make a significant splash. Don't expect DeAndre Hopkins to walk through that door, even if the Arizona Cardinals wind up cutting him, which is also rumored to be the thought from other teams around the NFL. But could a move still be in the, you know, in the fold? We've got nearly three weeks, Tom, until the NFL yeah. draft. And I think it's still very possible that the Cowboys could swing a deal 
in that regard. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, now, I will say that Wilson, the problem with Wilson is that if Miami didn't eat some of it back at $7 million, uh, and I, I did double check while you were, you were speaking, uh, right now their 51st player, Matt Farniok, is about 965000 on the cap. So to bring Wilson in, if they, they ate the whole amount that he's owed, uh, that's six million dollars off the cap. You're getting, you know, close to half of the cap space they have yet. Mm-hmm. And so, to me, unless they generated some more space somewhere else, I just don't think that is really a viable way for them to go. But as you said, they could make a surprise move. I just think they are. If you're talking about wide receiver. Four, which is what they're really looking for, because we know that C.D. Lamb, uh, hit, uh, Cooks, Brandon Cooks, and, and Michael Gallup, and, and Michael Gallup. Yeah, I just for some reason I wanted to call Cooks Hicks there, and it got stuck <laughs> in my head. But uh, but we know that that's your one, two, three. So you're looking at four, and they've got a bunch of guys that I think they want to take a, at least a look at. Uh, in in camp and see if they can't come up with a four and a five. Uh, And they still have the draft to add someone into the mix, maybe a couple of someones. Uh, So yeah, that's to me, that's just where it goes. I would. Yeah. I mentioned that uh, I was kind of looking to see what happens with Adoga and whether he might be the answer at left guard, possibly. Uh, if they were going to look somewhere else, I'd say that that guard position would be where I'd be more interested and think they might want to take a little bit more of a stretch to get someone there. Under. <laughs> <laughs> there's, so, there's some of that lightning you mentioned. Uh, as we... Look forward then to the draft, and we talk about kind of the holes that potentially need to be filled. Question number three in our cover five conversation What positions should be eliminated from first round consideration for the Cowboys? Because that's, that's... it seems like a lot of positions could potentially be in play, but are there any we should eliminate outright? Quarterback? Uh, Kicker, I mean, you know, uh, <laughs> and and I I have to admit, what did you what would you do if they've identified this quarterback that they think is just a surefire hit and is going to be a a high caliber NFL starter and he's sitting there at twenty six. Ooh, now the problem there is everybody's going to have a panic and a fit. So let's just leave that alone because we're going to talk about that in a minute. Oof. Uh, but outside of those guys, quarterback and the specialists, I don't know if I'm prepared to say any position should be off the board. Uh, you know, first off, 26 to me is really like an early second round pick, especially because this year, as most years, can you really identify 25 true legitimate first round talents in the NFL? Uh, the guy coming out of college is just, everybody is certain is going to make it. 
we all know that some first round picks don't pan out. Uh, so this is a good year. Rolling in again. Whoa. This is a good this is a good year to use that 26 pick to maybe fill a non-traditional position. I mean, get a safety, get a get a defensive tackle, hit hit a tight end. If the right guy falls, grab a running back. I, you know, I looking at the way the draft lays out, I don't I think tight end would be a more likely uh, spot than any of the others. If you were going to get out of the money three type positions of, of, you know, like wide receiver and corner and edge rusher uh, and, and your, your left tackle guy. I don't know. I, I am not, I am prepared to not be really upset at whatever position they take in the first round. You know, I might quibble that, hey, this guy would have been a better fit for the team. But as far as the position, this year, unlike, you know, last year, I felt they had to do something about the about offensive line or wide receiver uh, in the first round. And lo and behold, they took an offensive lineman. And so I was, while... I had my questions about whether Tyler Smith was the right guy. I think the results have proven he was. And I certainly felt the positional value was good for first round last year. This year, I just think everything is possibly valuable. I would absolutely agree with you. I don't think outside of the traditional kicker that any position is off the table for the Cowboys to consider in the first round. And as you stated, uh, we'll get to the quarterback one. If that is a true hypothetical to consider, I've gone back on my previous statement from weeks ago regarding the fact that I didn't think anybody should consider taking a running back in the first round with the way the Cowboys have filled the holes that they have addressed this off season. I'm actually comfortable with it. At this point, even if it means potentially giving up a fifth year of control for an edge rusher or a position of more importance, Bijan Robinson, come on down if you're available at 26. He's the only one I'll make that. He's the only one I'll make that exception for, Tom. I am going to caveat that. I'm still standing strong on that. Having said that, though, our own Dan Rogers did a great article from a few days ago. And if you haven't seen it, I highly encourage you to check it out because he took the simulations and the big boards and compiled them together to get a composite of the average positions that players were being selected, right? And then he charted the specific positions that those players played and colorized them to show where the depth at each of those positions would potentially be available and how far into the draft it would be available as well. And so by this measure, you can kind of, in my opinion, by using this little tool, again, bloggingtheboys.com, go check it out if you haven't already, you can kind of see where the Cowboys might look to target positions where the depth tends to fall out at certain parts of the draft. But 
all that being considered, and again, shameless plug for our own, all that being considered, no position is off the table in the first round, even including tight end, despite the fact, Tom, that I do look at the historical numbers and say to myself, there is not a lot of history that shows first round tight ends wind up being worth it. Yeah, it's 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 going to be this is going to be a year when I think Will McClay's job is both a little easier and going to require more work. <laughs> yeah, I think getting it I don't I don't know if that kind of confusing statement makes sense, but they're really going to have to be very uh, very precise in their evaluation of what they want to do. So, yeah, I, I, but I, I'm like you. I'm like that. Now, we did touch on the idea of drafting a quarterback. And the overall question is, if they draft a quarterback, does it mean more pressure on Dak Prescott? The only way I see that happening is if they were to take a first-round quarterback, which I think is like almost impossibly small that they do that. It would people would see that as setting up another Aaron Rodgers, Jordan Love situation, uh, which first off I don't think would ever exist that way in Dallas, just because Dak Prescott ain't Aaron Rodgers in his personality and his demeanor and aspects of his ego. Uh, any other round they took them is a future play, an insurance play, and a backup play. Uh, I I would like to see them maybe grab a day three quarterback, you know, like sixth, seventh round, just a developmental flyer, an extra camp arm, see what they got, salt him on a practice squad, that that kind of stuff. Uh, so I, I don't I don't think it puts pressure on Dak at all. He's the guy. Hundred percent agree. The only scenario that the Cowboys could find themselves with any more pressure on Prescott than there already is is yes, <laughs> if they drafted a first round quarterback. But even then, the back end of the first round doesn't force guys into the fold like a front end of the first round guy might. So. Yeah, I agree. Dak Prescott has the perfect demeanor to absorb any type of extra quarterback that gets selected, I'm sure. Unlike his predecessor, I actually think Dak Prescott would take a guy under his wing and make his life easier in terms of a young quarterback trying to make it in today's NFL. So I would have no objection to it, but no. Drafting a quarterback doesn't mean any more pressure is on Dak Prescott because he's the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. What (laughs) more can you give? So finally, Tom, as we cover five patented here on the uh, Riled Up podcast, is it fair, is it time to finally discuss our expectations for Mike McCarthy and the Cowboys 2023 season? Yeah, you know, all of the excitement over the uh, trades and the activity uh, getting their own sign back in free agency and how things have, have gone so far kind of shoved that little question to the back burner. People haven't been thinking about it as much. But remember, one of the most significant things that happened was that Kellen Moore departed 
Mike McCarthy has now taken over the play calling duties for the offense, which makes him the de facto offensive coordinator. I don't care what Brian Schottenheimer's talent is. Schottenheimer's job is going to be to help McCarthy, you know, structure the offense, come up with uh, 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 the, the overall scheme, tailor the plays, come up with the right playbook. McCarthy's going to be the guy that's going to be running this offense uh, for all intents and purposes. And that means he's taken on the challenge. He doesn't have anybody else really to take the slings and arrows if the offense struggles in any way. And that means we better see improvement, I think. Uh, if, if McCarthy doesn't at least get to the NFC Championship game, so he's knocking on that door to get to the Super Bowl, then he really is going to be playing to save his job or coaching to save his job in 2024. I don't think he would get fired after the end of the season, especially if there were some injuries along the way that maybe caused them to lose a game or two they shouldn't have. Uh, and they got really, you know, maybe if they got really embarrassed in their first playoff game, um, but I, I think that McCarthy has to show that in moving on from Kellen Moore, that he is an upgrade in what he does. And, you know, I think he's going to have the, the regular season win total, I don't think is that big a deal. Uh, I mean, it's going to be a dogfight for the NFC East anyway. I think the Cowboys and the Eagles are going to just be going neck and neck all season long because I, you know, I do think the Eagles still have a, a strong roster. Uh, for somehow their their coaching is good. I don't know how much credit to give to Nick Sirianni for that. <laughs> I think he's got good coordinators that are carrying his water for him. That's just personal opinion. <laughs> But he's going to have to find a way to get through that barrier, to take that step the Cowboys haven't made in a quarter of a century now. It's the NFC Championship game. And mm -hmm. I said it was the NFC Championship game last season, but circumstances transpired. They saw their quarterback go down early, and Mike McCarthy – led the team to an even better performance under their backup. That bought him, I think, some credibility. He lost a little bit of it as the season wound down, and then he gained it all back by sending Tom Brady into retirement. Having said that, if he doesn't at least win a playoff game or skip the first round and then find himself in the NFC Championship game, I think this could be the final season for Mike McCarthy. I know you say that by 2024, the objective will be Super Bowl or bust. And I would agree with that statement also. An NFC championship game in 2023 with nothing to show for it, followed up by anything less than a Super Bowl appearance, would also be enough to have Mike McCarthy's job on a silver platter. But for me, going into this season, assuming full health, You've got to get further if you're Mike McCarthy than you did a season ago because you're the one 
that made the decision to make the switch at offensive coordinator. And arguably, the team and the personnel is better at this point of the season for you than it was for your offensive coordinator a year ago at this time. Because by this time, they had already traded away Amari Cooper. Yeah. And I... I will I will say one slight difference. If he were to go to back to back NFC championship games and and not win, I could see a decision to give him at least another year to see. Oh, I like that. Through. I agree with that caveat. I agree. Yeah, if he did if he did it this year and didn't make it to the Super Bowl, then did it again and didn't make it to the Super Bowl. You've got a team that's just right there on the edge. They're almost getting there. Uh and do you really fire a guy that's got one of the four best teams in the NFL, you know, which is, you know, kind of what the numbers say, one of the last four standing. So yeah, uh, he's, but that's a lot of success. Remember that's still better than 28 other teams in the league did. And that's a pretty steep hill and he's got to prove he can climb that hill. I think in the next two years, if he's going to be around for a second contract. Indeed, and we will keep you posted on how that goes and everything involving the Dallas Cowboys there at bloggingtheboys.com. Again, the draft day tracker, all the visits coming to the star here over the next couple of weeks. We'll be keeping track of there on Blogging the Boys, and we'll be updating that as we go. The draft day visits will also be found available there, and you can keep up with all of our great content by subscribing to the YouTube channel. Go to YouTube and click on the Blogging the Boys Network, and there we are. Hit that subscribe button. We sincerely appreciate you listening and supporting all of the great content that you get here from us at SB Nation and from Blogging the Boys. For Tom, I'm Roy. Y'all stay riled up on the Cowboys, and we will see you next Thursday. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.